Hello and welcome back to the Grace Fueled Wife podcast. I'm your host, Beatrice Vargas. This week, we are going to be talking about resentment in marriage. And the reason is that time and time again, when I speak to women about the struggles in their marriage, I hear the same complaint. And that is that they feel like roommates rather than soulmates or lovers. And I get it. It's a sad place to live, right? In the Bible, we hear the story of Leah. And poor Leah, she lives in this loveless marriage where uh, they only get together to procreate. She was stuck playing second fiddle to her sister and cried out to God on plenty of occasions. Thankfully, that sort of thing doesn't happen anymore because in our culture, husbands could only marry one wife. But then if that's the case, why are there so many resentful Rachels out there? So many women who have a mutual love for their husband who were once in a happy or passionate marriage and are now just coexisting. They feel pretty meh about their marriage and maybe even counting down the years till the kids are out of the house so they can live alone. I don't know about you, but this topic is worth jumping into. We are going to talk about resentment in your marriage and I'm going to give you one tip to help. Let's jump right in. Welcome to the Grace Fields Wife Podcast. My name is Beatrice Vargas, and my mission is to improve the quality of marriages by helping us learn to be fueled with grace. Are you sitting in a marriage that feels empty? Are you struggling to reignite the passion and love you once shared with your husband? Are you at a crossroads of leaving and repair, but you're constantly reminded of your promise to God to stay true? Or maybe things haven't even gotten that bad yet. Maybe you don't argue that often, but since you barely connect anymore, you've started to give up hope of ever being happily married again. You might have contemplated or even fantasized about what it would be like to leave. Maybe you're telling yourself that you're just sticking it out for the kids. If this is you, I've been there. My story is your story. I want to help you heal and reignite your marriage while still believing in the promise God gave you. I want you to stay with me, learn from me, internalize the grace, guidance, and interviews so that you can become the grace Field wife. You can learn more and connect with me directly on Instagram at the grace Field wife. Now let's dig in to today's show. All right, all right. Before we jump into maybe some of the reasons why we might start to feel resentful and the thing that we can do to really head off or stop that resentment right in its tracks, let's take a look at what resentment means. Now, we all kind of know what it means, but I found this really interesting. The definition of resentment is bitter indignation at having been treated unfairly. And when you look up the word indignant, it means anger or annoyance at what is perceived as unfair treatment. The Latin word for indignant is indignus, meaning in for not, dignus for worthy. So not worthy. It's almost like you're not worthy of this unfair treatment. And this feeling, this bitter feeling of this indignation, it's perceived as unfair treatment. And that's why I wanted to break it down because we get resentful because we've been treated unfairly. But when you really dig down into the roots of this word, it's the perception 
that we have been treated unfairly. Now, I think there's a, a difference there between actually being treated unfairly and don't get me wrong, there's plenty of times that yes, especially as moms, we get the short end of the stick, right? Because we are the ones who are responsible for doing all the things. And even if your husband is great, like mine, I mean, he's great. He helps me with the kids. He, like he helps me so much. I, he supports me in like so many ways. I really can't complain. But at the end of the day, the responsibility falls on my shoulders. So I know that's the same for you, especially if your husbands are also really supportive and help you with these things. And then you feel guilty because he's so supportive. You feel guilty for being in this place in your marriage, right? Am I speaking to anybody? I mean, I know I am. So you like, oh my God, I feel so guilty. I feel guilty for thinking this, that, or the other about him. And I feel guilty for these feelings that I have towards him because he's a great guy. But how many times have you said that? He's a great guy, but. So I, I thought it was really important to dig into this word and this perceived unfair treatment. So what makes the treatment unfair or what is that fine line between this perception of being unfair and actually being unfair? I'm going to tell you a little story. Uh, this past weekend, we celebrated my birthday. Yay! My 43rd birthday. So exciting. Uh, really, I lie. It was not exciting at all. <laughs> and to be honest, it's funny because birthdays are really important to me. I'm the oldest of nine children. I think I've talked about this a hundred times. We were very poor growing up. Um, my parents were married. But by the way, my mom did not have nine children because normally when I say I'm the oldest of nine children, people's eyes go like, what? But anyway, the point is I'm the oldest and I have a lot of siblings and we were poor growing up. So Christmases were just kind of like, oh, yeah, it wasn't really a big deal. I mean, it was a big deal, but it wasn't special for me because Christmas is, first of all, not about you. Christmas is about others and it's about giving and about sharing. So my birthday ended up being the only day of the year where things were allowed to be about me. And if you think about it till this day, it that continues, right? Mother's Day. I'm not the only mother in the world, right? So on Mother's Day, we have to go around and like celebrate everybody else's mother, celebrate my own mom, my mother-in-law, my stepmother. So my birthday is the only day of the year where I don't feel guilty about making it about me. And this particular year, I didn't really want to do anything to celebrate. You know, sometimes I want a huge bash or I want like a huge thing for my birthday. But this year was kind of as 43, not much going on. This is yay going to be maybe the first year where we're out of all COVID restrictions and we can start going back to really a normal year. So I didn't really want anything special. But I think what happened with that is that I ended up with the birthday blues <laughs> and not because uh, I didn't get anything special. Of course, you know, my husband, he's so sweet. He got me my gifts and I went over to my mom's house and they cut a little cake and we had a little barbecue and all that was fine and good. Um, and then that was a Saturday and then the Sunday was my birthday. So the next day of my birthday, I kind of just sat around. I took a nap which is nice, but essentially I was feeling sad 
And I was feeling sad because I looked at back on the pictures for my 40th birthday in 2019, right before COVID. And they were so glamorous. I looked amazing. I looked so glamorous. I was probably, mm, I don't know, 40 pounds lighter. Um, and I was taking much better care of myself. I was in a better place at that time, not necessarily spiritually, but I think emotionally, my mental health was certainly in a better place. My relationships outside of my immediate family were in a better place. I was surrounded by my friends and family. So many people show up to that party. And I think at the time, I was really doing a good job of sewing into other people and therefore, when it came time to celebrate me, everybody was more than happy to celebrate me because I spend so much time sewing into other people. But the other thing that I had been doing at that time was taking better care of myself. Fast forward to this year, and after having come out of COVID for two years and running out of that time, I had not taken as good care of myself in over the past couple of years, which really has me sad, not just about the change in weight or size, but just in general. I feel achy. I don't feel so great. I haven't spent time sewing into the relationships of people around me. I've worked really hard on my multiple businesses, but sometimes I find myself spinning my wheels because I don't take the time to rest and plan. So all this happens. And it has me sad on my birthday. Fast forward to yesterday. Yesterday was my first day of school, y'all. I'm excited. I have so many, like these are really fun, exciting things or announcements about me. My first day of school. So I am uh, going back for my master's in marriage and family therapy, actually. And the reason why I'm doing that is basically because of this podcast. I've always wanted to be a therapist, whereas one of those things that had been always a tug on my heart and a calling and a, a thing that was there. And when I had the opportunity to start this podcast, I thought it was perfect. And in doing it, I realized that, wow, formal training would just give me the proper language to speak to what it is that I know intuitively and then what I hear you guys saying. Anyway, that whole long story. Yesterday was my first day of school. And we go into one of our classes, it was like a foundations class. And one of the things that the director of the program says is he says, uh, he says, this is a really dangerous profession. If you're not taking care of yourself, you will burn out really, really quickly. And it reminded me of the birthday blues that I had over the weekend. It reminded me of like, yeah, man, this time in COVID and that time of like, I kind of just let the self-care go because I prioritized everybody else and not myself. Um, it just really had taken a toll on me mentally. <laughs> Remember, I just came off of a six-week sabbatical that I didn't plan on doing. And so all of that really struck me. And when I sat down, when I thought about what I was going to talk to you guys about this week, and I thought about my birthday blues, and I thought about a subsequent argument that I had with my husband on the night of my birthday, I realized that it was coming from this place of resentment. And what I want to share with you, what I want to impart for you or teach you 
is that the act of taking care of yourself cannot go unattended. It can't. It's so important to actually take the time and give yourself what you need. And this is not some like new age, self-love, self-care type message. This is just simply that I realize that in order to be the best person that God is calling me to be, in order to fully step in to the motherhood, the businesswoman, the entrepreneur, the wife, the friend, the daughter, the sister that God has called me to be in order to steward those relationships like I had been doing three years ago leading up to my 40th birthday in order to have the physical and mental capacity and energy to do that I had to take care of myself and I get it as moms how many times do we put ourselves last I know mom girl do it too even if you're not a mom how many times maybe you're not a mom but you're caring for an, an older parent right? Or you're caring for maybe a husband who's sick or you're, or something. You have something else on our plate. I think as women in general, we're the caretakers and we find um, such joy in giving out energy to others that we are often left with nothing for us. It's just, besides like a physical you know, thing of like eating and sleeping. And it's just, it's an energetic thing. I've re quick story. I went to a concert a couple of weeks ago. We went to see Bad Bunny. I know he's not Christian. His lyrics are very bad. Don't come at me. My husband loves Bad Bunny. So I bought him tickets and we go to this concert in Yankee Stadium. And at one point he brings out another artist called Romeo Santos, who's another artist who has also sold out Yankee Stadium. It's very hard to sell at Yankee Stadium. It's a lot of people. So you can imagine he brings out another artist. The whole entire Yankee Stadium was shaking with the like, ah, like the crowd like lost their mind. They were going crazy and, you know, like go on, they do their little set or whatever. And I'm like screaming, whatever, ah, all this good stuff. The set ends and I literally had to sit down and like rest. I was like fanning myself. I'm like, oh my God, I gave out so much energy that I had nothing left <laughs> for like the last hour. Mind you, Bad Bunny played for three whole hours. What, what artist do you know that goes for three hours? I've been to a lot of concerts and I've never seen one artist go for three straight hours of high energy performance. But anyway, so towards like the whole last half of the concert, I was done. I was done because I had given everything that I had. Or how about on a Sunday when I used to serve and lead the family ministry and I would, you know, serve on a Sunday. I'd be on a welcome team and, you know, running all over this, that, checking with families and meeting up with people and all all the stuff that you do on a, on a Sunday, you had to be physically on. I'm an extrovert. I'm like an introverted extrovert. Like I'm an extrovert. So I'm really good when I need to be on and I'm, you know, out there and I can work a room, but then I am physically exhausted. After when we would come back from church on Sunday, I literally needed a nap every single week without fail. Forget it. If I had to go from church 
to an open house, it was even worse because I'd be back by four o'clock and I was dead. I was useless to the world. What I am saying for you is how many times, how many times has that happened to you that you have given your all for the day and you don't replenish? Yesterday being my first day of school, classes started at 2 p.m. They ended at 9 p.m. So from 2 p.m. to 9 p.m., I was in class. I had about a one-hour break in between. During that one-hour break, I was on the New York City subway. Definitely not a restful, restful place to be. Came home. The dog got into the garbage. There was stuff everywhere. Had to clean it up before I jumped into my class. By the time I got out of that class at 9 p.m., I was done. Done. And I had been out since... 2 p.m. So my kids hadn't really seen me during the day. So of course they wanted my attention at 9 p.m. It was so physically draining that I had nothing left. To, I couldn't even do my regular nighttime routine, which also meant that I woke up a little later than I wanted to this morning. So my point is that when we don't actually take care of ourselves and honor the temple of the Holy Spirit that is our body, because as Christian women, we are a temple for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives within us. So we're called so many times, if you read Exodus, Numbers, Leviticus, like when God gives Moses law, he like talks about purifying yourselves and making yourselves holy. And now we don't need to do all that stuff. We don't need to do all that ritualistic stuff to make ourselves holy anymore. But the idea of your body becoming holy and being a temple. So yes, Jesus is the one who makes us right with the Lord. He is the one that makes us holy, but we also have to care for the body that God has given us. So my quick tip really is that it is to take care of yourself. And what does this mean, take care of yourself? I'm not just talking about like, you know, going out and getting your nails done. And yes, that's great. <laughs> Sometimes. But one of my friends, coaches, mentors, Chelsea Jo Moore, who has a podcast called Systemize Your Life, and uh, she has been really helpful to me. She's my productivity coach. And she talks about your fundamental needs and she has her own philosophy on it. But what I took away from what she teaches is that what do I need in any given week to show up? to be my best self. So for every person, that's different. She calls it your grade eight and your fundamental needs. And she has a whole training and she goes through to figure out what that is. So for myself, if I think about that one quick question, what do I need for myself? Because I don't necessarily need to get my nails done or have brunch with my girlfriends or take a bubble bath to show up as my very best self. And I think that's the problem is that we think that self-care has to be a luxury, like getting your nails done or having brunch with girlfriends or dinner or, or taking a bubble bath. Because that stuff, let's face it, ladies, that is luxurious. If we can do it, great. But if I do it once a month, <laughs> that's a lot. Uh, Maybe getting my nails done is more than once. But the point is, that's a lot. It's a lot of time and it's a luxury. So when we are running low on time, running low on money, running low on energy, what do we do? First thing you cut is the luxuries. But if you keep this idea that is a fundamental need, like Chelsea Joe calls it, a fundamental need, then you realize 
this is not a luxury. Taking care of myself is not a luxury. Feeding myself healthy food is not a luxury versus going to McDonald's or eating whatever chicken nuggets are left off my son's plate because I didn't take the time to actually make myself something to eat, make myself a salad or whatever. It's not a luxury. Taking a shower is not a luxury. Like, y'all, we got to take a shower. We got to move our bodies. Maybe it might be a luxury to get out to the gym or to go for an hour run. But getting up and going for a walk or going and sitting in the backyard, I say go for a walk because I don't have a backyard. I live in a small apartment. So sometimes for me, moving my body means getting outside and taking, you know, I got to walk the dog anyway, taking him for a little bit longer of a walk so I could just get some fresh air and get some vitamin D. Sleeping is not a luxury. Granted, I don't sleep 10 hours a night. That would be amazing, but I don't. Like, if I sleep 10 hours a night on a weekend, that's a lot. But just getting sleep, meaning getting more than four or five hours of sleep. In my case, like, I get like six hours of sleep. And that is not enough, really. But I'm like, well, if I at least can get six hours of sleep and work my way up to getting seven or eight. Let me, let me make six the minimum. But spending time every day to do something that fuels you in one way or another so that you can show up as your very best self. For me, if my house is a mess or just cluttered or just dirty, I can't work. I can't work. I just, I just, I can't. I cannot function. And my executive functioning will not allow me to do so. I'm, I'll be so frazzled like I just I'm so distracted I get very easily distracted anyway so uh if the house is a mess I cannot now I'm not talking about like perfect company ready you know like yes there is laundry that needs to be folded on the bed right now and that doesn't bother me but in general it's the little things like the beds have to be made and you know whatever that is for you whatever minimum level of put togetherness for me it is something that i need to get through the day everybody is different so this idea of self care not being a luxury is what i want you to walk away with now what in the world does this have to do with your husband with your marriage and resenting your husband if you haven't figured it out yet, let me lay this out for you. You can't be your best self. You will resent your husband for everything he does, he doesn't do. You will resent his snoring. You will resent the size of his jeans, the fact that he can eat snacks or not eat snacks, the fact that he doesn't care what weight he is, or like my husband, the fact that he could give up, you know, I don't know, bread for three weeks and lose 10 pounds. And I'm like, really? I hate you. Like, it makes me resent him. Why should I resent him for that? Why should I resent him? The fact that uh, he goes to the gym, my husband goes to the gym almost every single day. And sometimes I resent him for that. Why should I resent him? Because he takes time to do something for himself. And he doesn't consider that a luxury. And I don't do it for myself. So whatever this thing that you're resenting your husband for, part of that resentment is because you're not taking care of yourself. So you're feeling overwhelmed, overworked, overscheduled, over, over, over. So what I'm asking you to do 
is as you take a look at everything that you have to do in a day, I want you to figure out what can you get rid of? What can you cross out to make time to do the things that should not be a luxury in your life, to do the things to take care of yourself so that they are not a luxury in your life? And, you know, maybe that means scrolling on social media. Maybe it means, maybe it does mean sitting on the phone for an hour with mom in the middle of the day. I don't know. <laughs> so that you could get a workout. And right before I went to record this podcast, my mom called me. I'm like, hey, mom, what's up? And she's like, hi, you sound busy. And I'm like, yeah, I was just about to record a podcast. She's like, oh, no, no, no. Don't worry about it. I'll be quick. Call me later. But what would ha what was happening before is I would you know, let this feeling of like, I have to be a good daughter and talk to my mom, I would let that stop me from recording the podcast episode. And then the thing that I do podcasting that really fuels me would fall by the wayside. So what is it for you? Now, if you are one of my ladies, because I know I've spoken to some of you, or if you are one of my ladies who you do take care of yourself in terms of workouts, this, that, and whatever, and maybe you just wish your husband did more. What we are talking about here is resentment. So if that is the case, are you resenting your husband that he doesn't take care of himself more? Because what I want to make sure is that you're not listening to me going, I do all those things. I do take care of myself. But then what? So if that's the case, maybe you just, maybe you aren't harboring resentment for your husband and, you know, you have another issue that we can work through in another episode. But what I want to make sure is the issue that we are talking about today in this episode is this resentment that you're feeling. Going back to what I was saying before about the unfair, perceived unfair treatment. I might perceive being treated unfairly because I'm the one that has to do all the things around the house and while my husband is the one who gets to go to the gym. But it's perceived because I was the one making the choice. If I go to the gym, he is the first one to support me. He's like, go ahead, babe, do you go to the gym or do whatever. He's very supportive of me taking that time. And maybe that's the resentment that you're having. Maybe your resentment um, stems around the fact that your husband doesn't support your self-care. So if that's the case, like reach out to me. Let's talk about this because here's my last thing on resentment. When you're not bitter, resentful, angry, you are a more attractive person. Your husband wants to be around you more because you feel good about yourself, right? So that is why it is so important, not only because we want to combat you feeling resentment for your husband, but also because it makes you so much more attractive to him. And so if you feel like, well, he's not, he's not supportive of me taking this time for myself, then maybe that's something that we got to talk about. Maybe it's something we dig into. Maybe what I'm going to ask for you to do is join me in the Facebook group and post the question to the group and say, and then we'll answer, you know, people can go back and forth. But when you do it that way, then I can answer for the benefit of the whole group. And maybe then it becomes something that I answer in a podcast episode. But understanding that one of the main causes of resentment in your marriage might be that you are not 
honoring yourself. You're not taking care of yourself and you're not doing what you need for yourself to show up as your best self. And when you do those things, not only are you less resentful of your husband, but you are also more attractive to your husband. See where I'm going here? By doing this, you are not only helping out resentful Rachel, but you're also helping out loveless Leah. Because as you start to take care of yourself, your husband starts to find you more and more attractive, more and more irresistible. Let's increase that level of attractiveness and decrease this, you know, bitter indignation, this resentment that you're feeling. I hope that was helpful, folks. And uh, like I said, hit me up in the Facebook group if you have more questions. But until next week, love you guys. Bye-bye. Hey, love. Thank you for listening to today's show. If you found any value in today's episode, it would mean the world to me if you left a five-star review and shared it with a friend or someone else who needed to hear this today. This is really the best way you can thank me. It helps me to get the word out to other women just like you. See you next week.